ShakeOut BC tells us that BC is the most seismically active area of Canada. They would know, right? They're an emergency preparedness organization. Did you know that Canada's second largest earthquake last year actually occurred in BC? It was a 5.3 magnitude quake just off the northwest coast of Vancouver Island. The largest, you're wondering, of course, uh, 5.5 in the Yukon, just across the border from BC and Alaska. So it's all in this area, though, right? And that is just a couple of the roughly 2,500 earthquakes that happened in our province last year. So what are we learning from them? Well, John Cassidy is with us now, a senior researcher scientist with Natural Resources Canada. John, thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Simeen. Nice to be here. Are we getting better at learning from these earthquakes? Uh, we, we are. Um, we have a lot more data. We have a lot more instruments, seism- uh, seismometers on the ground. We have better data. And, um, and we're able to learn not only from the larger earthquakes and Big earthquakes like you know the 5.3 that you mentioned, or, or the larger ones that we've had um, in the past, are, are recorded all around the world. But uh, even the small earthquakes, the little magnitude ones and twos that that happen every single day, uh, we're able to use those recordings to better understand, get better locations, understand where the earthquakes occur and what what the source of the energy is, um, and for example, looking for faults uh, beneath the surface that we may not see. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of um, studies underway and a lot of uh, really important work that can be done even with the tiniest of earthquakes. Okay, and what does that tell us about BC and our relationship with earthquakes? Yeah, well, we, we are the most seismically active uh, area in Canada, and this is where the active plate tectonics occurs, is right off of our coast. So we have these. We live on the North American plate, but just offshore is the Pacific plate, which covers most of the Pacific Ocean. And then between the Pacific and North American plates in the south, we have a series of very young ocean plates that are being created just offshore um, at a series of undersea volcanoes. And those plates are being pushed towards us and then sinking beneath uh, Vancouver Island and the lower mainland. So, sorry, it's a very a very active tectonic setting where plates slide past one another, move apart, and collide. So it's all of the types of plate motions that can occur do occur just off of our coast, and and these plates are moving at about the same speed that your fingernails grow. So you know it's not very fast, but over a lifetime it represents four, five, or six meters of movement that um, would happen along these plate boundaries. Now, are we learning so much that we're getting to a point where we can we can pinpoint where this activity is or perhaps getting to a point where we can predict where the activity might be? Yeah, we, we, we can't, um, we can't, certainly can't predict earthquakes, uh, but the, the work that we're doing is, is sort of twofold. One is, um, is to improve our understanding of where earthquakes will occur in the future and how large and how often, and, and how often is a really important part of this because if an earthquake only happens once every 10,000 years, um, the chances of it happening in any given year are very tiny. Um, but if it's um, you know shaking that we would expect every 50 years or every 100 years, that's really important. So, um, so we're looking at how often 
we can expect the ground to shake and what type of shaking. And that information goes into our national building codes, into our bridge codes, used by engineers on a, on a regular basis. Um, so our, our building codes are improved every five years, including through seismic. And um, that's, that's really probably the most important contribution that we make by studying these small earthquakes is directly towards uh, earthquake engineering, so information that engineers need when they're designing buildings or structures. Right. This and is all in preparation for the big one, though, right, John? Absolutely, yeah. So what we're looking for is trying to minimize the impact of those earthquakes that we know will happen in the future. Um, the really big ones don't happen so often, but they have happened here in the past. They will happen again in the future. And so we want to make sure that we're as prepared as possible for for those events um, through building codes, through awareness, and through preparedness. Is there any kind of pattern to these earthquakes? Like, can we see a buildup before a big one? Can we? Is there anything that is recognizable in that pattern? Yeah, there, there's nothing really obvious at this point. There, um, looking at big earthquakes around the world, there have been, in some cases, precursors, smaller earthquakes that happen beforehand, um, but they don't happen all the time. They're, they only seems to be about five percent of the time that that you see a small earthquake before one of these larger events and so um at this point there there's really no um you know no obvious way to reliably predict earthquakes but we do have underway an earthquake early warning system so once an earthquake has occurred it does take time for those waves those seismic waves to travel and uh, the early warning system that's being developed um, across Canada will provide uh, some warning seconds right. to perhaps tens of seconds of warning before strong shaking arrives. So that does give the opportunity to um, stop trains, to stop cars from going into tunnels or onto bridges, uh, to open garage doors at fire halls, um, for surgeons to put down scalpels before strong shaking arrives. So there are a lot of, um, you know, a lot of opportunities there right. with this new early warning system. Oh, so fascinating. John, thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you for the, um, the opportunity.